0: Hi, my name is Carly, and welcome to Arise's Sermon of the Week. We hope that you experience God as you listen to this message, and that you find practical ways to be the hands and feet of Jesus within your community. So, let's open up our spiritual ears as we listen to this message. So, how are you Risers? How are you doing today? Yes, yes. Again, my name is Kat Cunningham, and I am so excited to be speaking the word today. Um, I know some of you may know me, some of you may not, um, and that's okay. I just want to introduce a, a little bit of who I am. I work alongside with my husband, Josh Cunningham. He likes to hype me up a lot, <laughs> um, but he works at the Rise Kids Ministry, and I work a lo- alongside with him at the Rise Kids. Some people think I'm one of the kids. Um, and that's okay. I will forever look young, and I'm, gra- I'm grateful for that. I have the fountain of youth in my family lineage. Um, and I also have the amazing honor and privilege to be a, um, the dean of students for our RI School of Ministry, which is... <laughs> Which is this amazing school of ministry that we have right here at Arise. And if you want to go deeper in the word, if you want to attain more knowledge and biblical knowledge, um, come see me after service. I would like to get you plugged in with that. Um, But I know here at Arise, we like to celebrate, and that's something that is our tradition. And so we are going to celebrate today because this week was Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And a lot of you know that because your scale is probably 10 pounds heavier. That's okay. There is, you know, it was just the Holy Spirit pressed on you. We're just going to say that. <laughs> but Thanksgiving, and we know that Pastor Brent and the team had this awesome cinematic movie of a preaching that was given to you on Thanksgiving. It was posted on Facebook. And how many of you guys seen it? Isn't it awesome? It was such a great and timely message. But here's the great part. 2,000 plus people saw it too, so we reached 2,000 plus people. Let's celebrate that! <laughs> Praise God! And you can also go back and see it. It's on our Rise page, but. Continuing on about our message, um, we have been speaking about Throwing Shade, this series called Throwing Shade. Um, and I know Pastor Ken and Pastor Brent has been speaking about this. And I don't know about you, but it's great timely message. It's great practical uh, message for information for you. You guys, if not you, me, maybe I'm the only one, but my toes got stepped on a little bit. I'm like, ooh, I have to fix that in my life. But it's so awesome that we can grow in the body of Christ and get to be encouraged. Um, So if you're new here, this is part three of the series. Um, And if you want to hear the part one and two, thank God for YouTube. So you can go to our YouTube page or you can go to our Arise page and kind of catch up. And I would encourage you guys to do that because there are awesome, awesome messages. Um, But continue on. Today we are going to be speaking on how our words can devour one another or encourage one another. And when Pastor Brent came up to me, and he said he he sat me down, and I was in Pastor Josh's office. And I, the first thing I was like, I didn't do it. It was Josh's fault. <laughs> I don't know. It was like tense. It was like I would like you to preach um, the at the day the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And the words that came out of my mouth was, Are you sure? <laughs> And I I kind of went back and and wondered, why didn't I say, yes, let's do it, or awesome, thank you, I'm ready. No, I I said, are you sure? And I, I kind of thought back on why was that reason. And I realized it was something that happened to me when I was younger. See, back when I was in graduate school, I had this one class. And for the life of me, I do not know what that one class was. It was so important, I don't remember. (laughs) But I remember that I had to write a 20-page paper that it had to have the theological research and it would help me prepare for my studies and and preaching. And so I did the nerdy thing. I had the lexicons, the commentaries. I was in the library. I spent day and night writing this paper. I was up a lot of nights just writing this paper. And when I felt like it was perfection, when I felt like I was ready, I decided to email and submit it to my professor. I felt like I was going to be the next AW Tozer. That was it. I was just the young girl in training. But that was not the case. See, I got the email back that my professor graded it, and I was not going to be the next C.S. Lewis. Instead, I got a D. And I got it like it was my first class in graduate school, so I had to obtain more training and I had to grow. And it wasn't the grade that hurt me it was the comments afterwards. See, my professor commented and said, it's obvious that you show little to no research on your paper. You should reconsider and drop out of grad school, and I don't think you're cut out for ministry. Those words hurt, and I would like to say I got over and I brushed it off, but I cried. And I would like to say it doesn't affect me today, but again, I just told you I had that thought of why me. Have you ever had that happen to you? Have anybody spoke such criticism? It took you back. It hurt you. Has that happened? See, today I want to speak about two things. I want to speak about criticism And I want to speak about gossip. And I'm going to start off with criticism because if we're not careful, criticism can lead to gossip. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit today. And so I'm not talking about the constructive criticism. No, that's out of love. I hope I get constructive criticism from this preaching. That way I can grow, and we call it opportunities. That way I can grow in my craft and become a better speaker. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the impure, mean, critical, just hurtful words that is all too often said to other people. Listen. Maybe I'm the only one that gets fault in that I'm sorry, maybe I'm the only one that gets at fault with that, and so if anything, I'm preaching to myself. You all are perfect, so don't worry i'm just gonna you're gonna listen to me preach to myself. That's okay. but I would like to talk about a group of people, and this is not gossip it's history a group of people in the Bible who were so critical, and they were the Church of Galatia, and it's the people that uh Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote a letter to, it's called the the letter of Galatians. And they were so critical because there was a group of people who were, they were Jewish and they're from the old law and they knew the old law and they started to convert into Christianity. And then we had the Gentiles who were newbies to the game, but converted and they wanted to know more about Jesus. And the Jewish, they were critical because they're like, well, you didn't know God before all of this. So they were critical with people within their church. And then when Paul tried to help out, they were critical with Paul about his past. And so they were just pointing fingers one at the other. It got to a point where historians says that Paul didn't use his scribe, because Paul usually used a scribe to write his letters, but Paul was just like, no, I'm going to write on my own hand, because these people need to hear what I have to say from God, in love, you know, (laughs) in love. But Paul writes a very, very famous verse, and, and we find it in Galatians 5, 14, 15. And the first verse on 14, it says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We know this verse. It's very famous. We learned this in Sunday school. But have we heard what happens afterwards? It says in verse 15, it continues on, But if you bite and devour one another watch out that you are not consumed by one another what is he saying he is saying love one another but be careful because if you're constantly critical if you're constantly hateful if you're constantly saying harsh words against another you will destroy relationships what if Your words are destroying an intimacy that can build up a marriage. What if your words is building a barrier between your children, your parents? What if your words are prohibiting someone to gain a relationship with Jesus Christ? That's not what God intended. That was not his plan at all. See, critical words keep us from living the life God has for us. In Ephesians 4.29, it says this, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion. That way you may give grace to, to those who hear it. Don't let unhelpful, unwholesome, impure words come out of your mouth. Why? Because you have no idea how your words can tear down a person. But you also have no idea how your words can lift them up in Christ Jesus. So one of my favorite verses I live by is Proverbs 18, 21. And if you know me, you know I, I say this constantly. This is my lifestyle verse. It says, the tongue has the power to speak life or death. I am very intentional of what I speak to other people, especially children. See, I'm a second grade teacher, new to the game, and, and there are times, my word, I want to say to my kids, you are behaving like poopy heads. Stop it. But I don't. I tell them, you are awesome. You are amazing. But, but you're not acting like it how can we change this and and then there's like something clicks in their head you you see it in their faces they say mrs cunningham thinks i'm amazing let me rise to the occasion and at the end of the day they're like did i do better and they always strive to do better i'm like yes every day you're getting better and better and i can even see it in their grades because i spoke life to them i am very intentional of the words i speak over my daughter See, from the moment I found out I was pregnant with her, I said, you are going to be kind. You're going to be sweet. You're brave and strong. And you are going to change the world. And then COVID happened. And I don't know if many of you know this, but like when socialization doesn't happen with kids or especially toddlers, they develop this thing called stranger anxiety and it's a fear. And sometimes it can be an overwhelming fear that they don't wanna see people just mommy or daddy. And in my heart, I want to comfort her and say she's safe, but she doesn't understand it. And in my heart, I'm like, why is the toddler being okay? My kid is just in fear, but I refuse To criticize her. I refuse to call her shy. And if you see me. If you see me holding her when she's in fear. I'm whispering in her ear. I'm saying you are kind. You are sweet you are brave you are strong you are going to change the world because the world's going to criticize her enough and i refuse to be that critic to her and i want to be that encouraging world because one day she will block out the criticism of the world and she will fulfill the plan that god has for her because the holy spirit will remind her how she is brave she is strong she's going to change the world I am intentional of of my words because I have the power to speak life and death. Do you know that you can speak life and death in your words? So be intentional with your words. You have no idea because God can use a single word to uplift and fulfill a person's promise. See, my professor, he chose to speak death over me to devour me, but God placed people in my life to encourage me, to pursue on, to help me move forward. Even now, I've gotten text message and say, you are amazing, you can do this, God has empowered you, and it was this, it's this beautiful body of Christ of encouragement to help you pursue one. What if we can be that body of Christ to encourage one another to fulfill the kingdom potential, the kingdom plan? So one word of criticism can take somebody down, but one word of encouragement, God can use that to build faith and hope into who needs it. The way I see it, we can be two types of people. We can be a fault finder or a hope builder. A hope builder with the H. Please don't say anything different because then they will never let me preach again if you say the other thing. But a hope builder. And the first type of person is a fault finder. And if we're not careful, it can lead into this deep darkness and pursue on into gossip. And gossip runs rampant in our society today. See, let's be real. When we find out a new celebrity gossip or news, we're like the great mouse detective looking back into their family history so we can call our best friends and be like, hey, did you hear all about this? See, gossip is always about gaining information or seeing a post and be like, wanting to talk about a person to kind of criticize them and, and be to our friends, hey, did you hear about dot, dot, dot? It's never nice. It's never uplifting. And you may think, well, isn't gossip a little childish? Isn't that something you do in middle school? Um, But statistically speaking, 80% of our conversation is gossip. And many of you, whether you're old or young, you know the pain gossip can inflict. You've felt it. it. It can settle deep into your heart. And so... The Bible speaks about gossip. It's a great book, you should read it sometimes. It has so so many things. But it speaks about gossip in Proverbs 18.8. And it says rumors are like dainty little morsels that sink deep into one's heart. What does that mean? See, here's the way I picture it. I mean, we're all food motivated, especially during this time. So I think of waffle fries And Chick-fil-A waffle fries is of God. How many believe that? If you don't believe that, there is redemption. We're going to have an altar team. We will pray that spirit out of you because Chick-fil-A waffle fries is of Jesus. Amen. But you cannot just have one Chick-fil-A waffle fry. No, I get yelled at all the time because I'll be like, I just want one. And then one becomes two, and two becomes the whole uh, waffle fry box. And then when we get home, we're done. And Josh is like, no, you will not eat fries in the car. You will wait till you're home. And like, I want them all. But let's be real. That deep fried goodness is not good for your heart either. Same thing like gossip, right? You just don't want one little word. You just don't want to say one little thing. It's more of, tell me more. And it's not good for our hearts. It's not good for our spirituality. So it continues on. And I think the big problem with gossip is it's very difficult to see ourselves in the mirror and see that we're gossiping about someone and sharing is wrong. And sometimes we disguise it, gossip, as a concerned citizen. We all do it. It's basically called prayer request. We, we raise our hand and we, we were, were like, you know what, we need to pray for my friend Jessie because she recently became a Seminoles or a Michigan fan, and she needs to know that the Ohio Buckeyes is the God's people and the God's team. Pastor Ken is going to kill me right now. <laughs> but we need to pray about her life decisions. And it's true, right? So why can't I speak it, right? But here is some groundbreaking news. If not anything, here it is. Not everything that's true must be said. It just doesn't. It doesn't need to be said. We have the power over our mouths. And we have the choice. We can be people to speak life and encouragement and build someone up or we can tear them down. And of course, we want to be the people that speak life. We don't intend to gossip. We don't intend to hurt people. That's not our intentions. But gossip hurts, and gossip hurts many different people in many different ways. And here is some way gossip hurts. The first way gossip hurts the person it's spoken about. That's pretty obvious. Gossip hurts the person it's spoken about. And some of you know exactly what I mean. You don't speak to that family member because they spoke something behind your back that was nasty and cruel. You don't have that relationship or that friendship because you entrusted something and somehow, some way, the whole world knows about it or maybe you spoke to somebody in confidence about an addiction or a struggle, and what was meant to help you, what was meant to set you free has bought you back in bondage into your, and prohibit you from that freedom. We all know the hurt from gossip, and the enemy uses gossip to bring pain among others. See, lifting others up reflects the character of God But bringing others down reflects the character of the enemy. Psalms 15.3.5 says it best. Those who refuse gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends, such people will stand forever. Let me say this. If you have been a product of gossip, if you have been hit with that bitterness and hurt, if you have been spoken about in a mean way, it can be worse. You can be them. So gossip hurts the person it's spoken about, but it also, it hurts the listener. What? Yes, it does. (laughs) Proverbs 17.4 says, Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. So if you are listening to gossip, you're wrong. Be careful and don't think for a moment just because they talk to you about something, they're not going to turn around and talk about you. What you you're, you're enabling them because what you will reflect, therefore, what you permit, you promote. I'm going to say that one more time. What you permit, you promote because you're enabling them. You're saying it's okay to say these cruel, nasty words to a child of God. You're giving them the okay to go on. See, gossip is wrong. And I know one thing for a fact is the arise pastors, the arise leadership thing, if there's one thing they will not tolerate, and that's gossip. They will cut it. They say, stop, because here's the reason. Gossip will destroy a church, and it sometimes looks like this. A person was hurt over a situation, and they believe that the the church wasn't there in their time of need, and they feel hurt, and they mean to go up to leadership and talk about it, but they get scared away. So this bitterness and this hate comes up brewing inside of them, and then in comes a concerned citizen. And they listen, and they vent out, and they listen to everything. And the concerned citizen says, oh, it doesn't surprise me. See, it happened to a, another situation, and put some web of gossip that continues on. And they say this, we need some leaders who can care about the needs and goods of people like you. Those pastors don't seem to care about you. Gossip will destroy a church. And if, it, if, it, if you hear it happening, bring it to the attention of leadership. Or better yet, rise up and say, stop. It's not helping you heal. It's not benefiting you. See, because the thing is, if you are the one spreading gossip, we love and we encourage you, we forgive you. But if there's something that I want to say in urgency, please stop. Stop because God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for this church. God has a purpose for this leadership and he has a purpose for the church of the capital C and gossip will destroy that purpose. Don't let the enemy use you in that moment. Gossip hurts the person it is spoken about and it will hurt the listener and it also hurts the speaker. Gossip Hurts the Speaker, in Proverbs 25, 9, 10, it says, when arguing with your neighbor, don't betray one another person's secret. See, other may accuse you of gossip, and that reputation that you've built so hard about will come crashing down, because let's be real, who wants to hang out with a person that when the moment they turn around, they're gonna be talking about? I feel insecure about that. So how can we not gossip especially in a world that we feed off of it? It's so rampant. We want to hear it. There's just two simple steps that I can just whip up here so easily for you. If you're okay to hear it, is that a good? All right. The first one is guard your ears. There has been groundbreaking research that gossip can stop if you say one question, why are you telling me this? And listen, you don't have to be sassy about it. You can be saying it in love because what happens is they check inventory of why they're saying this and they're like, oh, it's, it, I don't need to be spreading this. And if that's a little bit combative, you can also say this, have you talked to insert person's name about this situation? The truth of the matter is, I bet you they have not, and they need to, to help them heal and move forward. So, I mean, I get it, it's hard, so we want to listen, and we want to hear more information about it, but I have, personally, have to tell the person, stop, talk to that person, but if that is none of your business, and if it doesn't concern you, if it's not even part of your realm, let it go. You don't have to gossip about it. There's just no point. So close shut, close your ears, guard your ears. And then another part, the second one, is close your mouth. That is simple, very effective, but very, very hard for most people. But you have my guarantee that it's very effective. But think about it. Would you want someone sharing similar information that goes around and just spreads? No, you wouldn't. So why would you wanna do that to another person? But the way I see it is we have this unhealthy desire to be better than one another. Not you, okay, Then me. I have this unhealthy desire to be better than other people. But seriously, we all do, and that's not why. That's why I think it's it's so easy for us to speak to other people, um, gossip about other people, especially those we don't like, because gossip can be summarized in this one statement: gossip claims I am strong because they are weak, but the gospel claims I am weak because He is strong. See, we share gossip because if we can just talk about somebody else, if we can talk about their post, if we can talk about their situation, then I don't have to look in the mirror and address what's wrong with me because I am weak. Gossip says, I am strong because they are weak. But the gospel, the good news says, I am weak. I can't do it anymore. God, I need you. I can't do it. I'm going, I'm giving up. And God is strong. He ablissed me, He encouraged me. And that way I can pursue on for His glory. I am weak, but He is strong. So, out of the overflow of our hearts, the mouth speaks what is in your heart? And is your heart aligned with God's heart? We have this thing at a kids' church that me and Josh always say is like, we see each child with kingdom potential. And that's something we should see each person with because if we have the heart aligned with God's heart, we understand that that is kingdom potential that we are all going for the same thing and is to uplift the kingdom for the glory of God. And we will not care that they're better than us, but we want them to be better because they can pursue and we want to encourage and uplift them because that is God's child and we will understand that God loves them as much as he loves us. Is your heart aligned with the heart of God? And, And the concept I'm talking about is not new. It's something that happened several years ago. In the beginning, I talked about Paul and the, the church of Galatia. See, it wasn't one person that was criticizing Paul and the people. It was a whole group of people. So let's just do the math on how much gossip was going on that time. It was a whole group of people, and they were criticizing Paul, a man of God who God appointed who today, his writings has helped and uplifted people, who has brought salvation, who's helped churches, Paul. I do not want to be remembered like the church of Galatia. I want to be the person that uplifted a person like Paul, who will change and revolutionize the world through the glory of God. So, in the beginning, I said there are two types of people. There are critics the fault finders that fall into the gossipers. And then there are their hope dealers. Romans 15, 3, Paul says it best. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all the love and joy and peace in the believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God wants to Fill you with so much hope, it overflows and pours out to those who need it. Not death, not gossip, not fault-finding, not criticism, but hope. See, First Timothy says Jesus was our hope. Titus 2 calls Jesus our blessed hope, and 1 Peter calls Jesus our living hope. God wants to give hope so much that it can just pour out and spread faster than gossip does. And when we read scriptures, we see Jesus is the original hope dealer. Because we have the Pharisees, those who have the religious spirit, the fault finders, and the gossipers. They were always accusing other people. But then Jesus was the hope dealer. And then John 8. It speaks about a story. There was a woman who was caught in adultery and the Pharisees caught her. And so they took her and they put her in the middle of the city and they decided to list all of her sins. And the woman ashamed was just crying. And Jesus, Scripture says Jesus just knelt down and started riding in the sand. And to this day, history does not explain what was written in this sand we don't know but we can only assume that what was written on the sand were the sins of the pharisees because here's the deal one by one they started leaving they dropped their rocks they decided not to stone her and they started leaving and the woman who was ashamed She was crying. She didn't even see them leave. She was broken. God spoke out to her and said, Woman, sweetheart, my child, where are your fault finders? Where are your gossipers? Where are your criticizers? Go and sin no more but you will find hope in me. You will find freedom in me. You will find life in me. See, Jesus dealt out hope. We should reflect the very same thing. Let's speak life and stop throwing shade. See, let's get into the habit of uplifting people and not gossiping behind their backs because right now we live in a society that needs Jesus and we need to unify as a church that we have so much hope that we can deal it out to others. And sometimes life is hard out there. We need to be the church to uplift and encourage one another. That's what God wants, not to accuse each other, not to criticize each other, but to lift and encourage each other. And and I know many of you, for the first time, you are coming to church today. And many of you may, may not know about this, Jesus, or you've been in church, it's been a very, very long time. And you know how it feels to feel hurt by words and gossip. First off, I just want to say I am so sorry, but it was never meant to be this way. I do know that there is a God in heaven who loves you so much that he wants to give you hope. He wants to love you. And despite everything, despite who you are or where you're at in life, he still wants to love and give you hope. So if everybody can stand up right now and with every eyes closed and head bow, if you right now just want that hope that we speak about, if you want to dedicate your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, just say, Jesus, I need you. Would you raise your hand? Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, if you as a church, can we say this together? Jesus, I need you. Fill me with your hope. Make me clean and pure. Wash me in your blood. That I, from this point on, am forever yours. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen if that if that was your first time saying that please tell the person that you came with or one of our pastoral staff they would just love to walk you with the next steps and help you out with your journey Um, and there is also you can text 2177 Jesus and there is a devotional that's for 27 days that we can help you and do the journey of life with the next steps but as the prayer team comes up I know many of you, this this is something that is much needed because you have been hurt with gossip. You have been hurt with criticism and you need to be set free. Let us be the church right now. And as the prayer team comes up, if you need that healing and that freedom from that word that was spoken negatively against you, come up for prayer as well as if you need prayer for anything else. Let us have that moment and let you just have that moment with God and the Holy Spirit. Let God be your champion today. Let him champion you. Pastor Jason. Hey guys, wasn't that such an amazing message? If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to follow our podcast. Also, make sure to share this with your friends on social media and use the hashtag MyAriseChurch. For more information or to give to this ministry, go to MyAriseChurch.com. I hope to see you guys soon.